Father, we praise you, Father God. Praise you, Father God, for you, Lord, giving us a reminder, Lord, again and again and again, Father God, that how jealous you are for us, Father God. Lord, your jealousy towards us, Lord, is so different, Lord, than the world's jealousy, Father God, than the human jealousy, Father God. Lord, I praise you, Father God, for you having, Lord, that kind of a zeal for us, Lord, that kind of a jealous a heart for us, Father God, that you will go to any extreme, Father God, for us, Lord. Lord, we praise you for that, Father. Lord, I pray, Father God, that, Lord, your presence will be here in a, in a big way and in a mighty way, Father God, that we will learn for our life, Father God, that how jealous you are, Father God. We, I pray, Father God, that you will nail that, Lord, to each one of us who are here and each one of us who are going to listen, Father God, about your jealous love, Father God, that we will never waver, Lord, from your jealous love, Father. I pray all of this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, uh, talking about our jealous God and, uh, you know, over and over, I just had to mention in my intro that we will not have any substitute because that is what takes our passion, that is what takes our zeal, our love towards this amazing and almighty God. So to uh, go back on that, no substitute. We watched a documentary yesterday where the food industry was using substitutes in 1969 to stretch their products. Cash-hungry bakers got more dough for their dough by adding aluminum and sulfur and copper. Dairymen sold cream thickened with flour, watered-down milk, and often added chalk or plaster of Paris to perk up the color of milk that came from diseased cow. This all happened in America in 1969. To stretch sugar, grocers routinely added sand. Butter merchants would sometimes put together a collection of calcium, gypsum, gelatin fat, and a lot of other products. There was another name that I forgot that they add into that. And uh, Ole Margrain was, was known as a bogus butter, but they would even use distilled fat from hog, bleach, and other unsavory substances. And one of the most blatant cases of food adulteration occurred as recently as 1969. So the question is, how are you adultering your life with a jealous God? What is your substitute? Is it aluminum, sulfur, copper, water, chalk, plaster of Paris, sand, calcium, gypsum? Gelatin fat, hog fat, bleach. What is your substitute? You know, Good Friday is coming up and we all go to church because we love to have that substitute. The substitute that took the nail on the cross, but we don't want him. We just want the substitute. He is a jealous God, accepts no substitutes. By accepting the substitute, you are adultering your walk with him. In Exodus 21, and God spoke all these words, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the houses of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in the heavens above, on the earth below, or in the waters beneath. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. The word idol in the Hebrew is literally a carved image. In Bible days, people did not take photographs, but they would uh, often carve images of people and things in wood or stone. 
well god says don't carve any images of me don't make any picture of me why because no one has seen god at any time no one knows what god look like no one has god no one has god all figured out and robel this is a quote from robel robel i like the moment god is figured out with nice neat lines and definitions we are no longer dealing with god we are dealing with a human god is not like in anything in all of his creation he's not not like anything in heaven he's not like anything on earth he's not like anything in the sea god is holy there is nothing in all of creation to which we would even dare compare him so we should not even try when we pursue images of god rather than god himself god feels like a jealous husband whose wife has gone after other lovers in other words god is jealously and passionately with in love with each one of us if if we want to keep our love for the lord strong then we must accept no substitutes for the god himself adrian rogers uh, quote that i stated in the intro i love that what is an idol an idol is anything you love more fear more value more or serve more than you do to your almighty god is there anything worth our love in this entire universe and our god is there anything fearing more than our god is there anything valuing more than our god is there anything worth serving more than our god nothing yet we have substitutes sand calcium water gypsum sulfur aluminum hog fat bleach why 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 are we fiddling out with this aluminum sulfur copper water chalk plaster of paris sand calcium gypsum gelatin fat hog fat and bleach what is your substitute the most dangerous rival to god in our lives might be the god that we call i yourself the self is the most dangerous rival to god jesus warned about placing too much trust in our own ability to guarantee our future he told the story of the rich man who trusted in what he stored in his barns only to die and have nothing jesus warned about another kind of service however no one can serve two masters you cannot serve both god and money matthew 6:24 if we if we live for work and the reward it brings to us or we are consumed by a pursuit of money and financial security god will not be number one in our lives the gods we fear love value value or serve are not always physical idols they are anything or anyone who is a rival to god in our lives that competes for our fear that competes for our love that competes for our value that competes for our service which is reserved towards our almighty god why does god insist that we not have other gods no substitutes no aluminum no sulfur no copper no water no chalk no plaster of paris no sand no calcium no gypsum no gelatin fat no hog fat no bleach why because that is going to take your focus and your love from him and you are not going to view him as your jealous god so what is your substitute is god insecure is he jealous of those other gods they aren't real gods in jeremiah 16:20 god says do men make their own gods yes 
but they are not gods god is not jealous of other gods he is jealous for us like a devoted husband or wife his love and commitment to us means that he will not tolerate anyone who threatens the relationship god loves you so much that he wants an exclusive intimate relationship with you no other gods for you no substitute god cares about other gods in our lives because once you start serving them once you start fearing them once you start valuing them once you start loving them it's going to harm you just like the aluminum sulfur copper water chalk plaster of paris sand calcium gypsum gelatin fat hog fat and bleach that when it gets into you how it is going to um, harm your in- internal system that is how whatever substitute you are going to have in your life is going to harm you internally and you are going to be in a spiritual famine the prophet isaiah puts it in this way in isaiah 45 16 to 24 isaiah talks about the idols people make for themselves perhaps out of wood or clay our idols are constructed of different materials bank accounts nice stuff recognition power the point is the same these things will not save us from wasting our lives they will not bring ultimate joy and fulfillment to us cs lewis noted i did not go to religion to make me happy i always knew a bottle of alcohol would do that i'm going to repeat that i did not go to religion to make me happy i always knew a bottle of alcohol would do that he went on if you want a religion to make you feel really comfortable i certainly don't recommend christianity why would cs lewis say that because you will not always be comfortable or feel comfortable as a christian because he is the vine and you are his branches and our lord prunes even the good branches so that they will produce more abundantly we are being pruned by the father pruned in order to be transformed into the image of his son and god promises is clear crystal clear i will never leave you or forsake you i just want each one of you who are listening who are going through a struggle time that you might be going through a season of struggle and wondering if he is a jealous god then where is he when he says i will never leave you nor forsake you if he is that intimate with me then where is he he is no, nowhere to be found in the midst of my struggles he is nowhere to be found in the midst of my darkness he is hanging out with the people with whom everything is going well but not with me it's hard for me to believe that he is a jealous god towards me i'm tempted to accept the substitute for god himself because he's not showing up in my life i wanted you to understand how much he is jealous for you that is the main goal of today's topic i just wanted to be kneeled in your head and in my head that how much he is jealous for us i wanted you to not embrace the substitute instead we must embrace his passion for us we must accept his zeal to be close to us you see god is passionately committed to your relationship with you and me the hebrew word for zealous means a zeal for someone else property it means zeal for one's own mate is often translated jealousy and so this is the story i hope it nails into our head what god says when he says he is a jealous god 
It was a very crowded bus and all the passengers looked sympathetically as Susan made her way down the aisle. She fumbled with her cane and as she nestled herself into her seat, the onlooker just watched with questions and concerns. You see, it had been a year since Susan lost her sight. When she beca first became blind, she fell into a deep pit of depression. Her world had crumbled, but her husband, Mark, was so in love with his wife that he did everything he could to pull her out of that pit of depression. He helped her gain new skills and confidence and regain her sense of self. Then after months, Susan began to feel like she could perhaps return to her job again. So every day, Mark would drive his wife to work, walk her into the office, make sure she was settled and then leave and go to his base that was across town because Mark was a military officer. Then he would come back and get her from work. This went on for several weeks and with every day, though Mark so wanted to help his wife, the burden was becoming heavier because it was becoming logistically impossible for him to make it to his base on time. He dreaded having to tell Susan that he wasn't going to be able to drive her to work. But in the end, he had to. I can't ride the bus to work. She replied, I am blind. How can I, how am I going to know how many stairs there are? How am I going to know what path to take? I feel like you are abandoning me. Mark's heart was crushed. He promised her like he had done from the very beginning that he would do whatever it took to help her until she felt confident and independent on the bus. He helped her with the roots. He helped her to learn the stairs and learn the paths. And so finally, after several weeks, Susan was confident and he went to his base and she went to her work. Monday morning, she got on the bus. She went to work. She came home. It was flawless. Every day was the same. Then Friday morning arrived. Susan made her way onto the bus. And as she went to pay her fare, the bus driver said, ma'am, you are so lucky. And Susan asked, are you talking to me? The bus driver said, yeah, it must feel good to be cared for as you are. I'm going to repeat that. The bus driver said, it might, it must feel good to be cared for as you are. Susan replied, I don't know what you mean, sir. The bus driver said, well, you know, every morning I drop you off at your stop. As soon as those doors open, I can see that man standing over there at the corner and he watches you. And as soon as you step off the bus, his eyes are on you. And I think he is some kind of, of military officer because of his uniform. And his eyes follow you as you walk across the parking lot. And his eyes don't leave you as you are trying to walk up those stairs. And when your hand touches the doorknob, his eyes are on you. Until you open the door and go inside, that man does not take his, takes his eyes off, off of you. And once the door closes, he stands straight and tall like a sentinel and he salutes you. Then he blows you a kiss. Susan burst into tears. She had no idea that her husband had been watching her. That the lover of her soul never takes her eyes off of her. So sometimes we feel abandoned by God. Life gets rough and we feel like he doesn't care anymore. You feel like that he is not jealous for you. But if you could only grasp the fact that the lover of our soul never takes his eyes off of us, 
we will never doubt his love again we will never doubt his passion again we will never doubt his zeal for us again but we will embrace that love embrace god's passion for you and accept no substitute for a real relationship with the real god he will never forsake you so that so does that mean god has never forsaken anyone who belong to him that god never left someone he cared about well yes there was one person who was forsaken by god that was our lord and savior we are told in the scriptures that crowd mocked jesus while he was on the cross remember their cries bible he trust in god let god deliver him now if he wants him for he said i am the son of god matthew 27:43 from the 6th hour until the 9th hour darkness came all over the land and the scripture tells us that about that 9th hour jesus cried out in the loud voice ilai ilai lama sabachani which means my god my god why have you forsaken me matthew chapter 27 verse 46 those in the crowd saying this man is calling for elijah it was a cruel cynical mockery towards the display of the jealous god in this unique and strange miracle jesus was crying out in anguish because of the separation he you know experienced from his heavenly father separation for the first and only time in all eternity this passage is the only time in the scripture that jesus did not address god as a father isaiah 52:4 says his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being and his form marred beyond human likeness he no longer looked human why because he is a lover of our soul because he is a zealous god your sins and my sins entered his very being and he was willing to go to that extreme to to that extreme that he was disfigured beyond human recognition and this is a true story that will maybe again nail that point into each one of our mind that how jealous our god is and this is a true story a revival was held in a small town the crowd had dispersed a woman came down front and asked to speak with the preacher she cried uncontrollably as she explained to the uh, pastor that she wanted to become a christian but she felt she had sinned too much for god to ever forgive her and accept her as his own searching for a way to help her with her grief the pre- the preacher asked is there a verse from the scripture that you know she responded yes she did remember one for god so loved the world that he gave us his only forgotten son i'm going to repeat that i hope you catch it for god so loved the world that he gave us his only forgotten son the preacher was a little shocked at a misstatement of that verse but then he realized god had given him a perfect opportunity to reach her he asked do you know why god forgot his son he forgot his son so he could remember you again i'm going to repeat that that is very powerful he asked do you know why god forgot his son he forgot his son so he could remember you 
Jesus was forsaken so that God might never, 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 never leave you or forsake you. Jesus was forsaken, forgotten, so he could remember you. He could remember me. So has he forsaken? As was he forgot? But did God forget anyone? Yes, that was not you and me. That was our Lord and Savior on the cross. And why is he? Why is he so jealous for you? Because there are many God substitutes today in our lives. The idols we make with our own hands that distracts our loyalty, our allegiance towards Him, and which further will lead us into a spiritual famine. He does not want you to be in a spiritual famine during spiritual famine. I just want you to examine. I'm not telling you are that, but I just want to examine to to see to nail down what is your substitute, and this is how it will look during spiritual famine. People would be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, blasphemous, obedient, disobedient to their parents, disobedient to God, ungrateful, unholy. unloving unforgiving without self control slanderers mockers mockers of good lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of god that is what spiritual famine looks like god wants to end the spiritual famine in our lives he wants to replace our emptiness with his fullness our darkness with his light our despair with his hope our confusion our confusion with confidence god demonstrated loyal love to those who love him the word for god's love here is rich in meaning it speaks of a god who who keeps his promises to us it speaks of a god who is faithful and loyal to us not because he has to be because he wants to be he is faithful and keeps his promises to us not out of obligation or duty but freely because he really does delight in us he is zealous for us i hope all the stories that i stated nails deeply into us that who our jealous god is if not i have one more for you once there was a little bunny who wanted to run away so he said to his mother i'm running away if you run away said the mother i will run after you for you are my little bunny if you run after me said the little bunny i will become a fish in a trout stream and i will swim away from you and if you become a fish in a trout stream said his mother i will become i'll become a fisherman and i will fish for you if you become a fisherman said the little bunny i will be a bird and fly away from you and if you become a bird and fly away from me said the mother i will be a tree that you can come home to shucks said the little bunny i might just as well stay where i am and be your little bunny and so he did have a carrot said the mother bunny i hope that nails even deeper that no matter where you go our jealous god is going to pursue us god says the same things to us no matter where you go i will pursue you to the ends of the earth i will not allow any substitute like aluminium sulfur copper water chalk plaster of paris sand calcium gypsum gelatin fat hog fat bleach come between you and me so what is your substitute are you still the dry sinner and still the same wet sinner i just want you guys to analyze that 
are you same when you took the bath before you took the baptism as a dry sinner and are you same after you came out from the baptism as a wet sinner so are you same what is your substitute that there is no greater love than the love that was poured out on the cross for you and me cast away those substitutes from your life it's not worth anything so we might stay close to the lover of our soul who will never takes his eyes off of us and remain as is forever let us strive to remain as is forever embrace his passion embrace his zeal and embrace his love for us and accept no substitute no aluminum no sulfur no copper no water no chalk no plaster of paris no sand no calcium no gypsum no gelatin fat no hawk uh, fat no bleach substitute that for a real relationship with the real god he will never leave you nor forsake you as adrian roger roger stated who are we fearing who are we valuing who are we trusting who are we serving who are we loving it is our time to ponder upon what is our substitute what is taking us away from this divine love the great love from our lord and savior jesus christ that was crucified for you and me on the cross what is that substitute that is taking you away from that love what is that earthly substitute idol is anything you love more fear more value more or so more than you do to almighty god and it is yours to ponder and it is yours to cement from here on that you will know who your god is how zealous he is for you that you will never forget who he is that he is the lover of your soul lord and heavenly father we praise you father god lord what a great truth lord you have revealed to us father god that lord going through the storms going through the trials father god the doubt that creeps in lord is god jealous for me is he there for me when he says he will he will never 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 leave me or forsake me why is not so close to me lord i pray father god for each one of us father god that we will understand lord how zealous you are for us father god that you will go to any extreme father god for us father god that wherever we try to run from you father god that you will come and chase after us father god that you will pursue us father god lord i pray father god help us father god to let go lord of all the substitute father god help us lord to have the tendency lord to run away from you father god where will we run father god lord i pray father god help us lord to see lord the substitute in our life father god and help us father god to remember lord your great love father god the love lord that was poured out on the cross father god for us father god the love father god that was displayed on calvary father god lord the battle you fought for us father god help us father god to understand lord your great love for us lord that how jealous you are for us lord Lord as we are going to enter to good into good friday lord help us lord not to lord embrace just the substitute lord but to embrace you father god 
Lord, convict us, Father God, when we go to a, the Good Friday service, Lord, that how we long for you to be just our substitute, Lord, but not to be the God of our life, Father God. Lord, I pray, Father God, eradicate, Father God, all the substitute, Lord, we are using in our lives, Father God. I pray, Father, help us, Lord, to pursue you, Father God. Help us, Lord, to embrace you, Father God, with passion, Lord. To come after you, Lord, with zeal, Lord, with love, Father God, and to embrace the zealous God, Father God. Help us, Lord, not to get into this adultery of this world, Father God. I pray, Father God, deliver us, Lord, from this adultery, Father God. The relationship we have with this world, Father God. Sunday, we have relationship with you and remaining six days, we have relationship with the world, Father. What an adulterous life we are living, Father. I pray, Father God, that you will convict us and show us, Lord, the substitutes in our life, Father God. And make us, Lord, to embrace, Lord, how zealous you are, Father God. Make us, Father God, to know, Lord, that your eyes is always fixed on us, Father God. You're not looking at us, Lord, but your eyes are fixed on us, Father God, 24-7, Lord. You're a God who never sleeps nor slumbers, Father. We praise you for that, Lord. Lord, I pray, Father God, you, Lord, demolish all the idols, Lord, that the human hands have made, Father God. Idols, Lord, that are made, Lord, with material things, Father God. The idols, Lord, that are made, Lord, towards, Lord, living in this world, Father God. I pray, Father God, that you demolish all the idols from our life, Father God. Because, Lord, who can continue in an idol, Lord? No one, Father. You are such a big God, Father God. How can he say, this is how my God looks? When no eyes have seen, no, nobody can comprehend how big you are, Lord. Lord, help us to understand when we put you in an idol, Father God, we are shrinking you to a human size, Father. We are sinking you into a human being, Father God, and that's why, Lord, we are losing reverence and love and zeal and passion for you, Father. Lord, when we go after this wealth and greed and selfishness and everything, Father God, the pride, Father, we are again shrinking, Lord, the divine love that is in us, Lord. We remain, Lord, the same, Lord, how the dry sinner was. Only one difference is now we are just wet sinners. There is no big difference, Father. The only thing is we are wet now, Father. Convict us, Father God, as we ponder upon this, Father God. And help us, Lord, to analyze, Lord, you, Father God, how big you are in our life, Lord. And help us, Lord, to embrace you, Father. I pray all of this, Lord, in the most precious and matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen.